breaking news from KXAN News. Be aware that certain places are targets. There's no need to necessarily engage in paranoia, but just taking a look and seeing, uh, thinking to yourself where are the exits for a location if there is an incident. Day of rage, day of jihad, day of terror. Reports circulating online signing a chilling call to action worldwide today made by Hamas leadership calling on supporters to mobilize. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Hernandez. One thing to know is that these groups do not call for any specific action. And it is not a credible threat right now, according to authorities. But local communities are on edge. KXAN's Nabil Ramana talked to a risk intelligence expert about the reality of this call. As fighting continues in Israel and Gaza, Fear continues to grow across the globe. I think at the moment, people should have situational awareness. Ryan Bull with Rain, a political risk advisory firm. He says threats like these can cause panic, but that's part of the goal. There's no need to necessarily engage in paranoia, but just taking a look and seeing, uh, thinking to yourself where are the exits for a location if there is an incident. Around the nation, cities are still preparing and on high alert. The city of Austin tells us our first responder agencies, along with our Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management, are operating in a heightened state of preparedness. APD is deploying directed patrols and will be on tactical alert tomorrow. The Department of Public Safety asking Texans to stay vigilant and report any suspicious activity. Bull says some locations are at greater threat than others, including a state capital like Austin and could be targets of individuals who are outraged. From the individual standpoint, Austin's synagogues and mosques are all potential targets of lone radicals. Uh, the state capital is as well as, as well as any institutions that are seen as taking a side in the conflict. DPS says at this time they're not aware of any specific and credible threats to Texas, but the Jewish community is still on alert. Over at Shalom Austin, security teams have been in continuous contact with local, state, and federal law enforcement officials, according to an email. Bull says many will continue to monitor what's happening. If the situation escalates to involve an Israel-Hezbollah war, it is always possible that Hezbollah decides to retaliate against both Israeli targets and Jewish-associated targets overseas, as well as the United States. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Both Austin police and DPS urge anyone who sees any suspicious activity today or anytime to call 911 immediately. Again, these are all precautionary steps. There are no current credible threats that have been made at this time. Going in depth though, security alerts and measures remain high in Jewish places of worship across New York City. Mayor Eric Adams and New York Governor Kathy Hochul saying the city and the state taking actions to ensure the safety of all New Yorkers. Added security can be seen at Grand Central and subway stations. Capitol Police in Washington, D.C. also enhancing security throughout the Capitol complex. They're not divulging all the details about the resources they're putting into place. However, some of what they're doing will be visible. Barriers have been placed around the Capitol. This morning, the conflict appears to have no end in sight as we take a live look inside Gaza City, where earlier we were seeing flyers falling down from the sky, presumably warning people to get out right now. It is the air assault that continues. The Israeli military did acknowledge yesterday they sent flyers flying down to the people of Gaza saying to get out. But while well, Hamas was saying at the same time, according to officials, 
for them to stay inside their homes. They have, evacu they have to evacuate within 24 hours, according to the IDF. And today, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in Israel. He's going to meet with Prime Minister and determine what kind of military do they need. United Nations is reporting that 340,000 people are currently displaced in Gaza. Israel says its complete siege will not be lifted until Hamas releases the 100 to 150 people it took as hostages. After Hamas's attack Saturday, Israeli airstrikes battering that area. What you're looking at here, new video into our newsroom showing some of those people evacuating from Gaza City. These attacks have wiped out parts of Gaza, including hospitals, leaving people desperate for medical aid, food, water. Remaining clinics and emergency units have been operating without power and supplies in some cases. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good Friday morning to you. We start with a quiet radar. Not going to find anything in the way of rain out there, but some low clouds, pockets of fog. If we're lucky, a little drizzle in the form of moisture, but it's not going to be anything that'll tie us up. Live look outside. Iwa Kubota weather camera there in Georgetown clearly shows those low clouds this morning. Temperatures are in the 60s and 70s area wide. It's a warmer start to the day, and it will be a much warmer finish. We're getting back into the 90s today, but the good news, it's not going to last very long. Cold front day, it moves in later this afternoon and it brings us some cooler weather for the weekend. We'll talk about the impacts of that cold front today coming up in your first morning forecast. All right, thank you, Kristen. There's a shakeup this morning on Capitol Hill with Majority Leader Steve Scalise informing Republicans He's dropping his bid to become speaker. Yeah, he caught them by surprise. It comes one day after he captured the GOP's nomination for that job. Representative Mark Elford tells today's show that he is disappointed in the process so far. We're a ship that doesn't have a rudder right now, and I'm thoroughly disappointed in the process. And I just pray to God that we find something. Scalise's decision to withdraw throws the House into further turmoil. Division, it's not clear who can find the votes to unify the party with a majority of 221 House Republicans voting. Austin police need your help finding a witness that they say is needed when it comes to how a woman died in East Austin. And why a problem with unlicensed short-term rentals still persists in Austin, even though moves were made a year ago to regulate them. Good morning, everyone. This is a live look from our camera over in Georgetown at the Ewald Kabuda right there. We have the latest when it comes to weather and traffic right there. It looks like it's moving smoothly on this Friday. On this Friday, though, Austin police really need your help finding a potential witness who could help them in an investigation when it comes to the death of a woman in East Austin. Investigators say the person they're looking for is driving a white Toyota 4Runner similar to this one. The wheels blacked out. Police believe that person was in the area where a woman's body was found around 3 Sunday morning. This was on East 7th Street near Pertinalis Street. If you know anything that could help police, please call them. Governor Abbott hosted former UK Prime Minister Liz Truss at the state capitol, and they talked about how Texas and the UK can boost their economies, along with their already strong economic partnership. One topic of discussion between the two conservative leaders was how the UK can replicate the state's business-friendly policy and lower some of its tax rates. Going in depth here, the United Kingdom is one of the biggest contributors to the state's foreign direct investment project. 
Last year, trade between Texas and the UK totaled more than $21 billion, made the UK the state's ninth largest trade partner. In the past 10 years, UK companies have spent more than $5 billion in capital investment here in Texas. It's created more than 15,000 jobs. Concerns from neighbors after people in a San Marcos neighborhood say they're worried about increasing crime there. A recap of high school football action, including a special performance from a special player in our KBVO Game of the Week. That's later in sports. Keep it in. Good morning. This is a live look right now. You can see uh, some of that skyline there in Gaza City and a relative moment of calm compared to what we've been watching over the last six days. Looks like it may have just cut out. We have NBC's Richard Engel reporting from the border of the Gaza Strip as Israel is firing airstrikes and Hamas returning rockets toward Tel Aviv. Israeli airstrikes into Gaza have been continuing all night. Many of them have been focused on Gaza City, which is the biggest city in the Gaza Strip. And this is just the opening phases. What we are anticipating is a ground offensive. And Israeli officials from the defense minister to the chief of staff say a ground offensive will come at a time of Israel's choosing. We can hear drones in the air. There have been uh, Israeli jets flying overhead carrying out these airstrikes. Israeli troops have also built up all around this area. So the ground is set for a grounded uh, for an invasion. And now they are carrying out strikes to try and make it more difficult for Hamas to fight back. Uh, they are trying to destroy Hamas's tongues, any Hamas infrastructure before Israeli troops roll across that that, that border and enter the very narrow streets uh, in the Gaza Strip. For the people in Gaza, and there are roughly two million Palestinians living in Gaza, many of whom do not support Hamas, it is an incredibly dangerous situation because unlike in other conflicts, unlike in Ukraine, where we saw refugees streaming out of the area as the bombings began, the people in Gaza cannot leave. The uh, Gaza Strip is bordered here by Israel, to the south by Egypt, and by the Mediterranean Sea. And they are penned in. They have nowhere to go. There are no shelters. They are there being attacked because of what Hamas did. And Israel says it has no choice because uh, Hamas is hiding behind the civilian population. And to a degree, it is. Uh, Hamas does have uh, shelters and bunkers underneath apartment buildings. But what about the people who have no choice where Hamas goes? They can't go. And according to Palestinian health officials, more than 1,500 Palestinians have been killed so far, 6,000 injured. And we know there are also between five and 600 Americans, Palestinian Americans, who are inside Gaza. And there are efforts uh, underway, uh, negotiations to try and get them out, negotiations between the U.S., Israel, and Egypt to try and evacuate them. And based on what we can see here, they are in imminent danger. Richard Engel reporting for us from the war zone. We thought it was important to bring you everything he had to say with the very latest and the rockets going off in the distance. But we know that weather's important to you back here at home as well. And Kristen, you're watching that. Yeah, pretty active weather, not in the way of rain, but a big change before mm. we hit the weekend. So let me show you what to expect and when, because at the moment we've got dry skies across all of Texas. Now, kind of like yesterday, low clouds, maybe some pockets of fog drizzle can't completely be ruled out, but radar's not going to show that. 
that it's going to be so fun, so light that it really won't be too much of a big deal. I'm thinking the cloudy skies will be with us for a few hours, then we're anticipating some sunshine. Lost my data here, but I can tell you we're in the 70s to start. We're going to go to the 80s by lunchtime and then look at your high today. We're in October and we are still talking 90s. Forecast high 91 today, more than 5 degrees warmer than yesterday. This is going to be ahead of the cold front, which is going to bring some cooler temperatures for your weekend. So a little bit of some autumn heat and then we start to see the effects of this front. The first thing you'll notice will be the winds. The winds will come up starting later this afternoon. Now behind this front, those northerly winds could be anywhere from 15 to 25 miles per hour gusting at times up to about 30. This will continue this evening. Winds back off a little bit overnight. We get back into those breezy conditions tomorrow. So something to plan for the weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. We're likely going to see some of that air moving around. Look at the temperatures, though. So the next kind of impact here will be the numbers coming down. We're in the upper 70s to low 80s, both Saturday and Sunday. That actually puts us below normal for this time of year. Extra bonus, low humidity there. We're not going to have to watch for any rain this weekend. At the earliest, I'm thinking next Thursday. So your seven-day forecast is dry. We've got 91 today. Tomorrow, breezy, few high clouds, maybe in the afternoon. Wouldn't completely rule out even some of those morning clouds coming back for our Saturday. But everything looks to be picture perfect for ACL weekend two, for the annular solar eclipse. We've got midday tomorrow, visibility looking great. Breezy conditions continue Sunday. Start of next week looks fantastic. Mid to upper 70s, good amount of sunshine. There's that early look at the rain chance coming in next week in thir uh, around the Thursday time frame here. By then we'll be warmer in the 80s, but also something to note, look at how cool we get next week. We're waking up to 40s and 50s next Monday and Tuesday morning. Thank you, Kristen. People in a San Marcos neighborhood say they're worried about increasing crime in that area, and now they have a chance to take those worries straight to police. The police chief and other officers are having a public safety meeting, and KXN Sarah Alshay shares what residents have to say. The only light that's working is the light that's about Five houses down. At night, George Garcia says most of his street in the Blanco Gardens area of San Marcos is pitch black. It's pretty dark. We usually use flashlights to come out here to go into a car or take out the uh, trash cans the night before. Garcia believes the lack of light contributes to more crime. We know that the crime has been very high. Breaking into cars, going to backyards, taking bikes, especially bikes, uh, lawnmowers. Making it dangerous for Garcia and others who leave for work before the sun comes up. Residents here that I work for the school district that are bus drivers, and they gotta get up at four or five in the morning too as well, and it's, you know, and it's unsafe. Thursday night, Garcia and others will speak directly to the San Marcos Police Department about those issues during a public safety meeting. The department told KXAN at a prior meeting, SMPD heard about a variety of issues, one of them being the number of shots fired calls neighbors reported. SMPD says it will discuss those concerns and share updates on specific initiatives for the area. Garcia says he'll be there, front and center, hoping for a resolution. My first question is I'm going to ask the uh, meeting tonight about, about the lighting and then about the crime. Hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get some good, good news today. Sarah Alshah, KXAN News. Thank you, Sarah. Neighbors say they'd like to see more officers patrolling the area. San Marcos PD told us that it's working on staffing. The department says the patrol division has 12 vacancies, but several officers are currently in training and hope to fill those positions in mid to late January. 
for Hayes County residents interested in looking at crime data near them. The county offers what they call Citizen Connect, and that's a tool online where you can find all that information, including incidents in San Marcos, the cities of Kyle, Buda, even Texas State University. You could also sign up for alerts for incidents in a specific part of the county. There's a link on the San Marcos PD website that we have on our website, kxan.com. Thousands of people coming to Austin for our busy fall season, and most of them unknowingly are staying in unlicensed short-term rentals. So we're, we're talking about Airbnb here. Yeah, that could be a problem. The city of Austin says it has 2,201 active short-term rental licenses, but air DNA data rather from the company shows there are more than 11,000 short-term rental listings in Austin. The founder of Smart City Policy Group says Austin should be using other cities as a model to get into compliance. Include one that's right down the, the road from us. San Antonio has actually done a great job getting people to get registered, get into their program, and they have a great compliance method. The city of San Antonio tells us they have 3,240 active short-term rental licenses right now. More than 1,000 more than Austin, but they also have fewer overall rentals. Around 6,000 total listings according to the website. For some context, a couple months ago, uh, there was a judge who ruled that an Austin rule requiring short-term rentals, the owners to live in Austin, that was unconstitutional. But we asked the city whether that will help or hurt the process, and a spokesperson said they think more owners will come into compliance because the licensing process has been made easier. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning, undefeated Vandergriff met their final fellow undefeated challenger last night at Dragon Stadium in the Round Rock Dragons. The winner of this one would remain in first place and undefeated in 25-6A. This was our KBVO game of the week last night. We pick it up in the first quarter. Vandergriff, Zade Oliver able to run in for the touchdown for the first score of the game, 7-zip. Vipers, then Deuce Adams looking for someone, and he's going to find his main man, Miles Coleman. The North Texas commit hauls that in. That's his ninth touchdown catch, 14-0 Vipers, but it was special teams where he really did his thing. He feels the punt return right here with Vandergrip already up 21-0. Coleman making some moves, gets to the outside. He's almost gone here, but he's really gone once he cuts back inside, and he is able to make it 28 nothing Vipers. Coleman, so nice he had to do it twice. Fields it at the 30, makes some more Dragons miss, and he is gone. That is his second punt return for a touchdown of the game, and then his third of the season. Vandergriff rolls in this one, 45-3 over Round Rock. They are all alone at the top of District 25-6A, 4-0 in District 7-0 overall. Bowie versus Johnson, big game in 26, 6A at Bob Shelton Stadium last night. Johnson's Kale Hatnot puts the Jaguars on the board first with this touchdown run, 7-0. Then in the second quarter, Bowie tied it up at 7. Johnson's ball, Hall finds Colton Williams, and Williams hauls it in the back corner of the end zone to put the Jaguars up 13-7. And late in the second quarter, same score. Bowie inside the 5 is hard to see because that weird angle from Texan Live. But Cruz Tello with the touchdown to give the Bulldogs 
the lead 14 to 13. Bowie would score a touchdown late in the fourth quarter. The Bulldogs would win it 21 to 16. So they're looking good for that fourth playoff spot in District 26 6A. Big one tonight from that same district, Westlake taking on Dripping Springs, hosting them at Chaparral Stadium. We'll stream the game live on KXAN.com. Kickoff is set for 7.30. That does it for sports. Let's go back over to you. That's going to be a big game. All right, Jonathan, thank you. For those of you listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks so much for joining us. Stick around for the 5 a.m. hour because we're covering a low water crossing in Leander. As a history of wrecks and accidents, the city says they're ready to close it down, but neighbors in the area are saying... Hold off, pump the brakes. We're going to tell you why they want to keep it open.